Governments Listen. don't just write checks for $80 million and say, there you go, have a nice day. It tends to flow in stages and you do have to demonstrate that you're using the money responsibly and achieving milestones. You're listening to Payments Innovation, a podcast dedicated to helping business leaders navigate today's global digital economy. Looking to learn about the latest innovations within fintech and payments? You've come to the right place. Let's get into the show. Thank you, everyone, for joining another edition of the Currency Cloud Innovation Payments Innovation Podcast. This is your host, Jeff Forkin. I'm delighted to be joined by Terry from Funding Portal. Terry, why don't you go ahead and give the audience a little bit of your background, maybe some history on how you got found Funding Portal. That way we can have a little understanding. Great. Yes. Uh, my full name is Terry Kirk. I'm president and the founder of, of Funding Portal. We're on the web at www.fundingportal.com and we're operating in three countries now, Canada, U.S. and, and U.K. We founded Funding Portal and we're trying to solve a problem in the marketplace like most uh, good companies. And the problem was that uh, governments make a lot of money available to support innovation and entrepreneurship and uh, so big financing market, but very hard to navigate in that marketplace. And we felt that today's digital tools would make it easier for innovation companies to navigate within what are often called the grants business incentives uh, financing environment uh, in order to A, identify the top programs and basically pre-qualify for them and then be right winning grant applications and see improve their outcomes. So that's what we do at Funding Portal. Great. And what what kind of got you to uh, where you are today in, in founding Funding Portal? I think you have a, a series of a uh, history of kind of being entrepreneurial, right? Yes, I have. Like most of us entrepreneurs, I had a previous career as a litigator, so I'm a lawyer by background. I always say my lawyer friends don't always appreciate it, but litigation is really sales. It's boardroom sales. You're in a courtroom, it's a very fancy boardroom, and speaking to your client, the judge, and uh, trying to sell your ideas with your competitor standing uh, right next to you. So lawyering and litigation is a very good, sophisticated boardroom sales environment, and I happen to be involved in that at a time when kind of the internet and technology was really taking off and uh, loved that and decided to migrate my career over to, to from litigation into tech on a full-time basis and had an opportunity to go into um, Canada's largest telco, Bell Canada, as a vice president of business development. So doing large-scale sales, I focused on sales at the 100 million plus level. So big transformative e-commerce type solutions. And it was really through my years as an executive at Bell, I had the opportunity to build my first company. And it was one of the solutions we had developed within Bell. And uh, Bell was moving back to being more of a conventional telecom for a period of years. And I decided to take one of the business plans and run with it. So my first company was called the Electronic Courthouse. It was a natural fit for me as a lawyer and litigator. And it basically looked at taking complex international legal type disputes and providing parties with digital tools for solving them at their desktops. 
So Funding Portal is actually the third company that I've been involved in as a founder. I like to think that all of them are really kind of very similar. They take complex business processes like looking for financing, gross financing for your company and kind of put analog tools on one side of the ledger and think about how could we do that using today's tools to make it more efficient and effective and easier for companies to navigate in in those worlds. So that's been my journey as an entrepreneur. It's been a lot of fun, lots of hard work and some good financial outcomes. Yeah. Yeah, that's really interesting. So can you maybe dive into a little bit of how complex this whole you know, government funding process was and how you've been able to distill it down and help your customers? Yeah, well, we think that virtually any activity set, no matter how complex, can be broken down, as you say, Jeff, into kind of a e-business process and the process associated with getting from, gosh, I sure would like some of that money for my company (laughs) into, hey, we got a check in the mail, really unfolds over three broad steps. The first step is needing to find the right programs. The second step is needing to write winning applications. And the third step, we like to call it leverage it, is about leveraging success into more funding success, that this isn't something you do once and apply to a grant and then your company will never need money again. It's something you need to constantly leveraging each success into more success. So we call our three-step process, find it, apply for it, and leverage it. Now, at each one of those steps, the analog world is, in fact, very, very complex. Finding grants and incentives in the U.S. to give you a sense, there's about 180 billion U.S. dollars every year that goes out the door to winning companies who ask well and ask often. And that money flows through diet changes, but it's close to 6,000 different programs. So it's not like, you know, going to your local bank and getting a meeting with them. You have to navigate around these programs. They don't tend to advertise. Their websites are pretty broad and sometimes a little misleading around what they, in fact, fund. They may say, you know, they'll kind of fund regional economic development and what really is that? So, you know, finding these programs, 6,000 programs on 6,000 separate websites, with no real aggregator out there. So we do that across three large countries. It adds up to about 15,000 programs for Canada, US, and UK. So that's really our world. Sometimes we compare it a bit to a dating site or let's say an Expedia or even a Hotels.com. In other words, it's kind of classic search and matching capabilities of capturing information about applicants and capturing information about these programs and kind of pinging the metrics against each other to filter and match and qualify. One can hardly imagine trying to arrive in New York City and find a hotel without Hotels.com today, and we all just use these search tools and take them for granted, and we felt that this was a solution that would lend itself to that. We're really pleased to say in kind of our V2 of those tools, we now use artificial intelligence, so smart algorithms, really, that get smarter with uses around understanding companies and what they mean, for example, by their fintech or their neuroscience company and matching that against the kinds of words and terms that funders use. So that's our step one. Maybe I'll pause there and happy to tell you about what happens at step two and step three as well. Yeah, that's great. That's great. And 
before you get into step two and three, does it cross the entire spectrum of kind of uh, new innovative companies that would use this platform? Or is there a particular type of company that seems to gravitate towards funding portal more so? Yeah, I think that's absolutely right. We tend to kind of say follow the money. So we often kind of think about it backwards. What is it that governments fund? And these are then, you know, the clients who can most benefit and actually get funded in this marketplace. And our job is to make it faster and easier, but also improve outcomes. And we're really proud to say that our metrics do show that companies have a higher success rate by using our data and tools, and then they tend to get more money than they would have otherwise, which kind of only makes sense when we get into a bit more detail about what the value added is that flows from our technology and tools. But generally speaking, I mean, I would say that money flows in a, you know, as a very broad statement to almost everything. There's a grant or business incentive for almost every activity. You know, the kind of broad buzzwords are things like companies that are doing economic development, so contributing in some way to their region. So if you're in a rural or undeveloped region, money will off flow. If you're in a fabulous hub, innovation hub, Chicago, California, Austin, Texas, whatever, money will often flow there. So right away, you kind of can see that, you know, if you're doing, if you're part of an important hub or you're part of a a company in a in a in a rural area you can often attract funding no matter what moving along a business continuum there's money for kind of developing ideas for for securing patents for commercialization of your ideas, so startup, for moving into export markets. So all the activities, growth activities that companies go through, from idea through to, let's say, IPO or significant private company success, there's money available at pretty much each one of those stages. You know, successful companies learn to just be constantly thinking about, gosh, I wonder if there's a grant or incentive that would be available for this next stage of growth. Building a plant, adding employees, entering new markets, building a prototype, securing a patent, going to a trade show. And the fact, the fact is there is money. So some of our tools, for example, We've talked about the search tool, which is a little bit like using, as they say, a hotels.com. But we also have tools like Alert, so people can sign up for Alert. They don't ever have to worry again that there might be some program that's appropriate for their company or particular project that we send alerts to them. We do comprehensive reports for them. We'll do a custom workup on all the kind of grants that are available to them for certain activity sets. Our clients range from startups, even pre-startups, kind of companies at the idea stage, thinking, gosh, we're thinking that we might, you know, open up a new center of excellence for North America in this area and wanting to understand whether there's grants and incentives before we go too far down that path. And they range right up to some of the world's largest companies we've helped global companies in the automotive uh, space to identify grants and incentives to build their plants or move forward with R&D in a particular area. Great. So yeah, it's a broad spectrum, it sounds like. What's the average, you know, amount of funding that usually comes across the portal? Do you have numbers on that? Yeah, we absolutely do. We divided this financing marketplace into two, into four broad tiers. They're, um, it's a bit like in capital markets, people talk about sort of seed and small cap and mid cap and large cap. So it's a bit like that, but we get a bit more specific around it. We help clients into four broad tiers. 
10K to 100K. And then that's kind of micro, uh, often for startup, just to explore ideas and get a bit of funding, maybe 80 or 90K toward, uh, and governments never fund the whole thing. So they'll typically pay a third to a half. So if you've got a kind of $250,000 project, you might get 80000 or 90000 from government toward your cost of that. And the next tier, we just keep adding zeros. So uh, kind of tier two funding is 100K to a million. Tier three is a million to 10 million. And tier four is 10 million plus. I would say most of the funding falls into the tier two, tier three range. That's kind of 100K up to 10 million, which is a pretty broad uh, range. But governments do fund at the 10 million plus level for sure. And they also fund lots of small small grants at 80 and 90,000. But our primary focus, you know, is in, is in the larger tiers um, where we can monetize that activity set, frankly. Okay. And so let's say I'm a company that's looking to raise, you know, $5 million and I find portal, can they just log in? What's your process like? Is it, can they just, can they get like a trial or how would they sign up for it? Yeah, exactly. Well, we offer both SaaS solutions and services. So if you're just a small company and maybe thinking that you might want to explore what grants are out there and you might apply once in a year, you're probably a better candidate for services where we would do a report for you. You don't need desktop software if you're going to use it once in your life. So you would engage us and we would do a workup for your company. We also have some free tools that you can use, again, a bit like a hotels.com to kind of search once for some grants, but most of our clients would then tend to ask us to do that workup for them. And then some of them engage to actually write the grant applications for them. So we do offer that kind of more conventional analog service approach for companies who don't have a lot of recurring needs or bigger clients who you know, really want to understand on a fairly more repetitive basis what's the funding that, that's available and may file several applications, they become very good candidates for SaaS and we would set that up for them. Those types of clients are either what we call repeat applicants, so they might be pharma, you know, life sciences, aerospace, um, companies that tend to get a lot of support from government for their activity set. Maybe e-automotive sector, doing a lot of R&D in that area. So uh, we would set them up with our SaaS tools. And so they have all the tools that we have available to them. They can log in and they can securely and privately match their projects against funding. They might authorize 12 or 15 or 50 people in their organization to use the tools kind of VPs of research, VPs of innovation, CFOs tend to use the tools to find and apply for funding. So yeah, that's how we work. We offer kind of, as they say, anything from analog professional services into kind of one-time software uses into multi-year SaaS subscription. Yeah, I really like that idea. It seems like what you've done is you've kind of built Obviously, it's a it's a kind of a consultative business, but you've distilled it down. You've you've got all this this data, and you you've you know put it into an easy to use portal, and you've turned it into a SaaS model, which I think is extremely interesting. You see a lot of companies doing that. We're currency cloud is on the SaaS model as well. Can you talk a little bit about how you got to that? Or was that something that you started off with having a SaaS model, or did you kind of evolve towards that? 
Yeah, we definitely evolved. You know, I think uh, going back to the problem in the market, we saw ourselves helping companies to find and apply for this and trying to build some digital tools that they could come to us and use and and take advantage of and and to do this to get this money and have better outcomes. But we have served over a million companies now on our own platform. So we're really proud of that. And that was kind of a bit of a chance to take stock and say, wow, these tools not only allow our in-house team to do this work for our clients, but, you know, they really rock, basically. And we're ready to white label them or make them available to others. So that was probably about two and a half years ago that we layered on the SaaS model. And now we're primarily SaaS. We do do the services, and I think it's really important to be in the service side because that's what distinguishes us from somebody who's just trying to develop software, not Mm. to dismiss that as an activity set. But because we are doing this ourselves for clients, we really understand what the market needs and our people are kind of inventing in a SaaS box environment, you know, the tools we can layer on. To give you a really good example, we talked about step one. Step one is about finding the right programs, massively complex. Organizations can spend weeks and months going around, hiring summer students, assigning it to somebody in the CFO's office to sit there going through, you know, government websites, finding them, reading through nine to 12 pages, sometimes coming away confused or even slightly misled around what the program will in fact fund. And, you know, our tools allow you to do that in seconds and get a highly, highly qualified match across 17 data points. So it's not just kind of, hi, I'm a company, and here, what are the programs? It's really into detail. Well, what region are you in, and what sector, and what subsector of activity, and how much money, and what will you use it for, and so on. So, you know, we massively improve efficiency and outcomes at that step. But we're really proud at step two which is also a really big barrier for companies. They found the right programs where they go, oh my gosh, you know, writing these applications is just a huge amount of staff resources or they pay professional services firms to write these application forms, which are often, they're not two-page forms. They're sometimes 70 and 90 pages long with, you know, two market strategies and much like pitch deck and full due diligence materials that you would submit to on a, you know, round of financing. So we're really proud at step two, we've created what we call our application bot. And it is a series of kind of robotics and technology enabled tools that really streamline that process. So you can really pre-populate your application form in minutes. Uh, You do have to continue to refine. You're not going to send something out to a funder within minutes, but you're never going to sit there with a blank page and trying to construct a a detailed application form from scratch. We have model clauses and templates. We store content. We assign them keywords. So if you need clauses around, you know, your IP or your two-market strategy or metrics around your industry, you can select those clauses and pre-populate. So it will take a grant writing exercise down from what is typically, I'd say about six weeks and multiple, multiple people involved across the company into perhaps um, six to 12 hours, you know, and also results in something that's much more aligned with funders and has been proven to have much higher success rates. So 
we're pretty proud of our application bot. Yeah, that's I, I can imagine anyone who's ever had to complete a, even a complex RFP for like an enterprise type of sale. That sounds like kind of the same level there. So that must be a huge uh, advantage to using your platform for, for your customers. Yeah, I think you've nailed it, that grant applications are very, very similar to writing RFPs in response to government bid opportunities. And uh, most of us uh, listening into this will have had some experience with that. We know how complex and how many resources they evolve across an organization. So we do know that in the RFP world, there's some very cool companies. I can think of one called Lupio. There are others out there that have built, you know, software solutions to help companies write RFPs. So we follow with many of the similar thinking that this is an area that lends itself to today's digital tools. Sure. There's three steps, right? What is step three? Yeah, so step three is about leveraging it because, again, as I say, you want to, as a company, be, you know, we like to say that a CFO needs to have this as a bit of a knee-jerk, uh, intuitive reaction when they're thinking about any project for their, their company, uh, building a new plant, buying new equipment, hiring new staff is to really just say, are there any grants that might cover a third of our costs? And we have to remember that grants are non-dilutive, non-repayable money. In other words, they are not debt and they are not equity. A grant is money that overwhelmingly has no repayment obligation and does not in any way dilute your ownership. So it is, some people call it free money. That's a bit grandiose, (laughs) but it's... (laughs) sort of is free money. And, you know, why wouldn't you try and get as much of that kind of money as possible before you reach into your own treasury or borrow or dilute through equity? So anyway, that's the leverage it stage is a chance for for CFOs to be constantly saying, wow, well, that went well. And we got whatever it was. We got $80,000 or $800,000 or $80 million toward our activity set. And yeah. that's beginning and let's continue on this journey. So specific steps that we do are we do post-award compliance. Sounds kind of nerdy and technical. It is. Governments <laughs> don't just write checks for $80 million and say, there you go, have a nice day. It tends to flow in stages and you do have to demonstrate that you're using the money responsibly and achieving milestones. So we help companies with those activities. And again, we've created tools and templates for doing that more efficiently. Best and most popular tool at that stage is alert. So, you know, we've helped you or you've used our tools to find the right program. You've got a big check. You're really excited about it. Now, do you want to go back to the search tool every day or would you rather the search tool did the work for you (laughs) and let you know when, let's just say you're in aerospace and there's a fantastic new program that the feds just announced or that the state has done a call for proposals for a particular grant program, our system sets that all up for you. And that's very, very popular, as you can imagine. Yeah, I can I can imagine that's great. I mean, it's, yeah, there's got to be a lot of free money out there that some, I think most companies probably aren't even thinking about because if they've looked into this process, they probably decided it was too complex or so they'd have to hire consultants. So I think it's it's great the work that Funding Portal is doing to really kind of open these markets up to, I guess, every company out there, really. Yeah, I think that's right. And and quite frankly, even, you know, grants and incentives, consultants have struggled to help their clients with this. They had trouble before, 
you know, SAS tools like ours existed to really stay on top of these programs too, and they were not able to do it efficiently or make any margin on delivering this in a real hours-based model. So I'm pleased to say that not only are we powering uh, with our SAS, uh, the direct applicant community, but also a number of the consultant and advisory firms so that they can do this work for their clients more efficiently too. Yeah. Well, Terry, I want to thank you so much for coming on the podcast. It was really enlightening to learn a bit about this. I'm going to go have a chat with our CEO and make sure that we get signed up on your platform. <laughs> wonderful. Well, we don't want to be, yeah. we don't want to miss out on any of the free money. No, you really shouldn't be. I wouldn't quite go so far as to say it's negligent to uh, not be optimizing in this marketplace, but it sure is a missed opportunity not to be understanding. And I, I get that it was a real constraint. We all get it. That's how hard it is working in the analog world to get this money. But we're uh, now with kind of SaaS and desktop tools and low-cost subscription uh, fees and so on, There's uh, you may as well join the parade. <laughs> Yeah, there's no reason to be missing out, certainly. Good. Well, thanks well, thank again you for again. your time, Jeff. Yeah. Yeah, thank you, Terry. It was a pleasure having you in the podcast, and we'll hopefully be in touch soon. Currency Cloud is an online payments company that makes international money transfers fast and simple for businesses. We're building a borderless future where international transactions are seamless for a better user experience. Discover the world's most trusted payment platform and our toolkit of developer-friendly APIs at CurrencyCloud.com. You've been listening to the Payments Innovation Podcast. To ensure that you never miss an episode, subscribe now in iTunes or your favorite podcast player. Thanks for listening. Until next time.